On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to sit down with Stephen Dennis from Javello. Uh, amazing conversation that we had uh, all about you know, what's working in marketing right now, uh, how uh, they run their operation out of Columbia, uh, some really amazing things with uh, you know, them being uh, semi in the apparel business, but more really in the cycling business and how they're getting around that uh, demand supply curve that a lot of us in apparel uh, fall into the trap of just running sales and how they have really never had to do that. Uh, awesome conversation. You guys are definitely not going to want to miss this one. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, how about growth in general? What about profitability? supply chain issues got you down you are not alone as a brand owner myself i totally get this ios 14 has ravaged many smaller brands the good news our clients at upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched don't get me wrong we had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post surveillance ad world but we learned some incredible lessons along the way and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, have you tried 8fig? No, don't worry. I'm not talking about that new fad diet. I'm talking about 8fig, the planning and funding platform. 8fig partners with experienced e-commerce sellers to help you scale with planning tools and incremental funds. So how exactly does 8fig work? Well, to start, 8fig works with you to understand your business plan and to focus on what's already working in your business. Then you put together your costs and the inventory that you're going to need and 8fig optimizes your cash flow to fit your unique supply chain needs for the next six months and beyond. Once you've signed on to the growth plan, you're going to get the funds that you need when you need them according to your plan. What's especially great is that you don't have to start paying the cost of capital until after you've started to sell that inventory that 8fig is funded. This gives you breathing room for your cash flow. In addition, the plan is flexible, so you can change it as you go. Sell or more or less than you expected? Don't worry about it. You can revise your plan. Your shipment is delayed or your inventory is ruined, they'll work with you on it so that you can adapt as you go, keeping your business stable and sales thriving. On average, 8fig sellers experience 2x growth in their first year, all while stabilizing their cash flow, avoiding stockouts, and taking control of their supply chain. You already know that you're an 8-figure seller in the making. You just need an experienced and strategic partner to help you scale with confidence. So learn more at 8fig.co. That's the number 8fig.co. And make sure to mention Upgrowth during sign-up for 5% off the cost of capital of an 8-fig growth plan. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Dennis from Javello. Stephen, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hi, Jordan. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be yes. here. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can hear, I'm sure, where Stephen is calling in from right now, uh, all the way from Colombia. Uh, just joking. I mean, he is in Colombia, but he does have a British accent, so... Uh, Stephen, for people who don't know anything about you uh, or Javello, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, that's correct. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here based, our, let's say, let's, our main office is based in Medellin, Colombia. 
that's where I'm calling you from. That's right. Uh, but I don't sound very Colombian. No, I am. I'm British Colombian. Um, not like but not British, British Colombian, Colombian like like me because I'm actually British exactly, Colombian. Exactly. Yeah. Not with a U. <laughs> it's a hello. So I am. Yeah. Uh, what we would call here Anglo-Colombian, which is uh, uh, an Anglo-Colombian. Gotcha. So Duvelo has been around since 2017. We started here in Medellin in a very small area of Medellin because it's quite big, actually. It's quite a big city. Um, right in the heart of this emergence of entrepreneurship in Medellin. And this country mm. is still a big producer of, of fruit, coal, coffee, and a lot, a lot of textile comes out of Medellin. And actually, it was born right at the time where the peak interest was starting to grow of Colombia and their textile kind of abilities, let's say. Mm. But it was, it's, uh, it's quite an interesting mix. It's, quite a, it's a bit of a melting pot, as they say, for entrepreneurial kind of spirit. Everybody here is always looking for new businesses, new opportunities, and that combines with a country that is still a, a manufacturing company uh, country, which allows you to really take hold of some really interesting opportunities. That's great. So you guys started in 2017. Where did the growth, the initial growth come from with, with the company? Where were you starting to see some of those, those sort of footholds in the market? Probably in year two, uh, you started okay. to see, okay, we have something pretty special here. Year one is usually trying to get your bearings around what it is that you're doing and seeing if something that was an idea initially, a bit of a a trial period, let's say, like anything, and trying to get yourself, you know, a little bit more capital. Year yeah. two was really when we started noticing that what we had was something that we could take hold of and start growing it properly. Cool, cool. That's great. So uh, for people who don't know um, about Javello, what exactly do you guys do? We are a cycling clothing company, currently focused on only cycling clothing. Um, we focus on the market, which is more roady, although there's a bit of a merge between all types of cyclists that use our clothing. Um, we're focused primarily on, on textile engineering, textile technology, and applying that to this sport, which happens to have very demanding and, uh, situations and customers, which is fantastic uh, because it's something yeah. where you can really apply a lot of value and people understand it because the price points are high in our market and in our brand. And it's mainly because of the way we transmit brand and technology via the clothing. Gotcha, gotcha. Where was the gap that you were seeing in the market? Like where, where did you think like, okay, you know, these people are not doing this specific thing or potentially we can do it better? Let's see. I mean, talking specifically about com coming out of Colombia, Colombia, like I said, is very strong for textile and they produce their own fabrics. But what we saw was a little bit of a gap for introducing imported fabrics. So 98% of our fabrics that we use in our clothing come from Europe. They're mainly Italian mm. and French. This kind of allowed us to combine great fabrication skills with the best materials in the world. And the gap was really about applying the latest technology and innovation in textile, which is usually not really seen and to the naked eye, it's not like we have uh, chameleon-style uh, textiles, but these are textiles that really perform well because of their quality and their nature. Applying that to 
a growing cycling market, and here it's a religion. It comes from you yeah. know, a, a long history and background of very, very good cyclists at, at world level. Um, the gap in the market was really applying that high-level quality fabrics to a ever-growing, let's say, demand. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Um, you know, one thing in apparel, um, I'm pretty heavily uh, invested in apparel with the companies that we own. Um, seasonality is a huge issue, right? Um, the You know, especially for the, your core customers, right? Once they've seen something for a little while, they just want something new constantly. You guys are doing something uh, a little bit different. Can you explain to me how you're trying to get around seasonality? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that we've been most interested in growing this business is not just making great clothing, but making great business. And that really comes from understanding maybe what is happening in the market right now and what you want to change. So naturally, we come from a market that has no seasons. And we realized that it was really important for us to actually launch when things are ready and continuously offer something new. If you think about it, like if it was a, a physical store, the most important yeah. thing is to get high foot flow. You always want someone walking into your store uh, every month, seeing something new instead of just, you know, moving the store around, you actually are seeing something new. And we apply that to the whole calendar year, which means that we are super flexible for the way that we continuously release product. And as mm. we've grown, we've seen it as a bit of a challenge because we sell in Singapore, Australia, Colombia, and Canada. Canada being a, a so many market. different seasons there, <laughs> uh, all at the same time. That's right. And Canada, Canada being one of your your primary areas. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Canada is. I don't makes yeah. me feel good. Uh, honestly, uh, it also makes me feel good. It's, it's nice to understand the Canadians via their you know love for Duvalo because we try and transmit a certain thing, and we realize that we're quite similar. And it is mm. the, the market that's probably uh, has taken on the brand the quickest and understood it because we're always, you know, you're always trying to communicate the, the value and price difference. You always want your value yeah. to be very, very different from the actual money transfer that people make. And, and this idea of the seasons is something that has been very interested in. And me particularly that I develop all the products and let's say our marketing scheme Flexibility is absolutely everything. So what we do is actually work on excess demand, not excess supply. And we try and create it into something that is our key pillar moving forward, which is um, keep yourself moving, not just in innovations, but also literally what you're trying to sell at the moment. You want to move that on very quickly. It takes into another pillar, which is... Uh, uh, sustainability is a responsibility of ours. It's not a selling point. And the way that we do that is by structuring our business exactly in uh, minimizing ex excess supply, which means that we don't go into a lot of sales ever. I think we've done one sale in our lifetime uh, because wow. we don't have excess product. And what we do is just simply uh any other apparel it. companies want Stephen to stop talking right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love it if they copped on because I'm not a fan of producing until, okay, let's see what happens and then the rest of it will just mark down. Because for me as a consumer, I realized that I wanted something personalized. Everything is turning into a very unique and personalized uh, kind of situation. And the way I do that is basically just creating everything like if it was a limited collection. 
And, and what we yeah. do is just grow it sustainably, which, is, which means that, yeah, okay, we produce a small amount, but every time a small amount means something different. And a small amount maybe now is a huge amount three years ago. Um, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you have to basically always have it on the limit. Um, and that's one of our key, key, uh, you know, drivers moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's absolutely huge for cash flow. Um, you know, the amount of inventory that a lot of brands have sitting there, right, that is still wonderful inventory, but they've just got the demand a little bit wrong, right? And then you're constantly having to produce new stuff to get more people in, and then you forget about that old inventory, or or people think that it's not worth as much, even though it's still great inventory. It's, it's, a, it's a horrific cycle. So I love hearing, uh, you know, what you guys are doing different and how you're building such a good foundation, which is going to help the business, right? It's going to help with cash flow. It's going to help you be able to scale uh, to to those new levels. Absolutely, I'm I'm a huge fan always of making it harder for you internally as a company to make something really great for the consumer at the end. And usually, what mm -hmm. happens is that companies rely on a perfect market that has like this ideal elasticity of product which means that, okay, well, I'll just drop the price and people will buy it up and then that will help me clean clean house. You know, when we do these kind of spring cleans every year yeah. with these big brands. And I'd prefer to put the, the, the complicated part in our hands, in our control of, okay, it was really hard launching eight collections a year, all with photography, video, concept, uh, marketing, digital marketing. Uh, and that's kind of, harder for us to manage but it means that the customer receives something at a higher quality uniqueness and something that you don't see marked down in a month or two just because the company didn't calculate things right like you mentioned yeah yeah, yeah absolutely Stephen. we're in uh q3 of 2022 recording this right now kind of late q3 uh what is working for marketing for you guys this year Let's see. It's a, it's a big question. Let me divide it up a little bit. Marketing for us at the moment as a brand has always been to transmit and educate what it is that we're selling, like the reasons behind everything. So every time we launch something and we have uh, what we call Javelo Worlds, which is really a way of encapsulating products, but they are related to a certain type of customer. So mm. coming out of pandemic as well, I mean, maybe we're still in it wherever you're listening, but uh we saw that this, this extreme like tribal kind of sensation where people were latching themselves onto brands that had something they could connect to personally. Mm. And mm -hmm. if you're not translating what you're selling into something that they understand, uh, something relatable, something that's a little bit further than just the characteristics behind what you sell, um, it's very, very hard to make a bond and now bonding with the customer is more important than ever. So we're very, very focused on making sure that when people understand Jurello, it's not a today's sale and tomorrow we'll see if you're still our customer. It's today I want you to get to know us. And tomorrow you'll start building a relationship with the brand that will last hopefully a long time. Um, so, so it's something that's like long term. And like you said, we're... We're, we're now seeing the end of the year, which has come up very, very quickly. But we understand that everything that we're planning has to be related around people that are going to be fans of Duello at a medium and longer term kind of situation. 
So the marketing is all based around uh, educating value behind the product, not necessarily the transactional situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you have any idea what the what that time lapse is between when people find out about you versus when they purchase? Have you have you figured that out? So if we analyze our web, it's roughly twenty to twenty five days they take to make a first purchase. Um, yeah. Which for us at the moment, because right now our focus is on exposing the brand to the rest of the world, not necessarily uh, creating loyalty throughout the world as already returning customers, but it's more like at the beginning, like I said, educating the value for them then to be loyal customers more in the future. Uh, It takes roughly uh, three quarters of a month to to actually convince somebody or educate them, like I said, via all these types of tools that you have for them to be a customer. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, I even think about the purchases that I make for mountain biking. I'm always doing research of like, wait, do I actually need this? Why Why would I use this one versus this one? Um, like all of those, like I'm constantly, usually about a month is what I'm thinking of. Like when I first think like, ah, I kind of need that. Unless I'm on the mountain and I'm like, whoa, I need that thing right away. But but besides Absolutely. that, it's like I'm, I'm always looking for, for that because these are long-term purchases that people are making. Is that correct? Exactly. You know, they're not they're not a low price point. We might average a ticket at $170 right now. And that's yeah. not something that everybody or the majority of people will just be able to snap up at the time without confidence in the brand. And, yeah. and really here, what you're doing is building that confidence. So you have to lower the boundaries in every sense of the, of the word or the saying, because to buy on your website should be easy from all the reasons that if people do listen to your podcast, they should understand now. But it gets to them as well via certain platforms that you have to understand what you're trying to communicate. And sometimes, and I think it's an important learning for us this year, is that we had been analyzing conversions digitally on a weekly basis, yet we know that a customer would take maybe a month to make their first purchase. So the ads that I'm creating now I need to have the confidence that it's communicating something I want as a brand and not necessarily as something that I needed in a, in a, you know, a week's analysis of a purchase because usually it's the, that kind of patience that you need and confidence in your ads, in your marketing scheme to understand yeah. that all these sales that are going to come are really coming slightly afterwards and you're going to have a big proportion of them initially because when something is impactful, hopefully people do take a chance but you also have to build upon what you're doing day to day for something that really is in a month's time for someone to be really parting with their money yeah yeah absolutely that's such a great point especially with just the practicality of the way that the platforms work these days right is it's a seven day click one day view window on on, within the platforms right so if you're not using a tool like say triple whale or somebody that you're able to get and post-purchase survey data huge one as well guys right that's that's really going to give you the full picture of what the customer journey actually looks like if you have a 28 day cycle and you're using a seven day click one day view window the data you're getting is kind of useless right like you can sort of see what that full funnel data looks like within the platforms but you have to go to some third-party tool uh, and, and really be able to put it all together right so that's that's another reason why we don't like using return on ad spend as the number one um the number one metric because it doesn't really make sense for most brands unless you're just selling junk that somebody's going to buy like immediately. I'm not saying every 
you know, immediate purchase is junk, but there's a lot of stuff out there, right? That it's like, oh, I'm just going to buy this little phone case or something, you know, like it's, it's a different kind of purchase um, for a lot of people. So I absolutely love that. Thank you for that, Stephen. I couldn't agree more. There's a big difference between the measurement units that you use to make decisions and there's the ones that basically just let you know that you're doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. And like you said, that return on, on your investment is part of, but it shouldn't dictate what you're trying to communicate as a brand. That's going to be your own. And, yeah, and, and essentially, you know, you should really work on what's in your power. And at the end of the day, I can't convince somebody to buy something. I can just uh, show them all the possibilities there are of buying something great and something that will change, hopefully, the way that they live. But that yeah. final moment is actually down to them. Um, mm. So what I need to work on is always making sure that I am getting the education of the brand. And when I talk about education, this is a key, um, another pillar. So there's five that we work with. Uh, and that's creating our global business but in a way that it feels local. So just like the seasons, we tailor made make communications depending on what your local climate is at the time. So if mm. you're in Canada, you're going to need something that is for colder climate at the time. But it's also a way of communicating that's super important um, with the language you use, the way that you communicate, and things work differently in different countries depending on the way Absolutely. That it is. People respond to marketing messages so differently in even Canada versus the US, right? Two totally different cultures. For sure. Absolutely. And, and sometimes I think uh, we've recently been using the analogy that you have, you know, you've got Meta and you've got Google as your shops in the shopping center. But imagine going to a shopping center that has two stores and those two stores have all the brands that you want in those two stores. You kind of are at their mercy in a way. Um, because they decide mm -hmm. to change the way that they display your product in their shop. That's it. Like you're either in yeah. one or the other or in both. But it's not like now where you on, walk along the high street and see variation and you make the choices. Really, it's, it's, it's kind of like this, um, this outbound situation that you have to have a combination of understanding of these platforms, but confidence and clarity in what you're trying to communicate as a brand. Because if you lose that, you basically go into this large pool and turn into a drop in the ocean um, mm. where it's not bad being a drop in the ocean because you want a, that drop to fall exactly in the right place, which is the key. Mm. And, you know, the cycling market compared to the apparel market or sportswear market in the world is tiny. But we know that if we make a bond with the customer, our return customers and our percentage of return customers is super high. And that, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, is way, way, way more important to us than, than certain conversion metrics that we see. It's that connection with the customer that is, is, is key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just think about like an example in, in, in mountain biking world, I'm like, I own seven pairs of the same glove. Because once you find something you love, you just buy it over and over and over again. They all have rips in them, okay, everyone? I'm not, I don't own seven pairs, just own seven pairs. But, <laughs> that, but that's what I've done. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, we, we, we also understand that type of shopping. And gloves are something that you'll buy quite a few pairs of. And the use of them are, are kind of constant. And the same for your jersey. Your jersey, you're going to switch around. It's like buying T-shirts compared to the frequency you buy jeans. And that's your yes. shorts. It's completely yeah. different. Uh, so what is it that you're trying to do? Because 
when you go and communicate with someone about these different types of products, you have to understand that they're going to shop them very, very differently. So it's, it sounds like a big deal, um, but if you kind of concentrate on a couple of things that are key to your brand and grow them in a sustainable way that you can continuously repeat a valuable message, it's way, way, way better than falling mercy to certain metrics that maybe change the way you you display something. And it, mm. they, they're kind of very, very, how can I call them? They're almost like hollow because you need things that are robust to build things upon. Mm. Stephen, I got to see the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Uh, it's probably that, sustainable messaging. Mm. Our, the way we scale is using digital platforms to expose the market to a lot of people, but maintaining a sustainable message of value. Mm, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, this is a great conversation. I got three questions left for you, Stephen. I hope that you're ready. Ready. Shoot. Awesome. <laughs> First question for you. Uh, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Probably has to be SizeWatch. It's probably the most simple thing you've ever heard. SizeWatch simply shows what sizes are available before they actually click on the product. It ah, has a lot. On, on, like, on collection pages. Exactly. You see the collection page, it's good looking, it's a great app, and it just shows you what sizes are actually available before you enter into the product, because a lot of the themes that sometimes don't offer it as default, that is, it's a great I've never tool. thought about that before. That's a really good one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm writing that one down. <laughs> uh, no, and again, guys, sure. remember that everything that we talk about on here is in the show notes. We make sure to put links if we can find them. Uh, in the show notes. So please make sure to check the show notes out. Steven, next question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Probably No Stupid Questions. Angela tell tell me about that one. I've never listened to that one before. I'm a, I'm a big podcast fan, actually. Um, it comes from Dubner Productions, which is Stephen Dubner, the guy behind oh, yeah. Freakonomics. Books. Yeah, Freakonomics. So yeah. They, they branched out and have a couple of podcasts. Uh, people I mostly admire is a great one. That's his... This is co-writer, co-author from the book. Uh, has fantastic conversations. Uh, cool. And there's another one. Uh, probably I'd have to say it's my favorite just because of the ease of listening to it. So it's a little bit more constant. And it's short conversations with a lady called Angela Duckworth, who is the author of Grit. Great book. And ah, they, yes, yes. I was like, ah, who is she again? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic that's right. Oh, those are conversations, yeah. Great examples in Grit. Yes, yes. Uh, I've never actually read that book, but heard great things. I think it's been on my list for a while. So um, great. Uh, Stephen, last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them. They have to be alive and it can't be Elon Musk. Who would it be? I love the fact you say Elon Musk. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, <laughs> it'd probably have to be Stephen Dubner. Cool. Cool. What, what would you talk, talk to Stephen Dubner about? I would love to talk to him about the way people act on a longer time scale. Hmm. I always hear a lot about what's happening now, how people are changing, there's reactions. People are always worried about the way that we're conforming as a society and culture. And you know, you, you take a step back on a longer time scale. This includes fashion cycles and everything. And it's always very, very interesting to me to see that we have cycled through the same things before. So I'd prefer to really dig down and say, okay, well, what is it that's truthfully changing that hasn't 
just been cycling through in like these 10 year cycles. And I think yeah. this guy would have really good insights for it. Hmm. That's interesting. That, it, that kind of reminds me of some of the like the psychedelic renaissance that we're sort of going through right now in the world, or at least in North America, with and fashion is following that. Um, f- super interesting. Like, how does that stuff work? And, and he would have such a unique take on that um, from from every uh, his entire body of work is is essentially on rethinking things. Right. And being like, well, no, we see something like this, but it's actually potentially like this, or you've heard it said that it was like this, but it's actually different. Um, just brilliant. I, I, that is such a good answer. It's like Stephen Debra would be my answer too. I've been thinking about this for 400 episodes and I've never found somebody who I really am like, yes, that's the person. I mean, most of them, yes, I agree. Like yeah, people say, but that, that is a great one. Thank you. Um, Stephen Dennis for, for telling me that I really appreciate that. Let's invite him on. I'd love to hear him on this podcast. Yeah, so would I. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today. Where can people connect with you and uh, connect with Javello? Well, direct on our website. Obviously, it's the best way of getting to know us. Javello, G-I-V-E-L-O dot C-C, like cycling club or cycling club. And my email, I'd love to hear from people directly. I'm always interested in speaking to people on a one-to-one basis, it'd be Stephen at givello.cc. Stephen with, cool. with a V. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. Guys, all of that is going to be in the show notes. So please go ahead and check those show notes out before you move on to your next podcast. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Stephen. No, Jordan, thank you. And thank you for previous episodes. We've learned a lot. Oh, great. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.